Hi, welcome to True Creeps, where the stories are true and the creeps are real. We'll cover stories from grotesque gore to the possibly plausible paranormal, to horrifying history, to tense and terrible true crime, and everything else that goes bump in the night. We're your hosts, Amanda, and I'm Lindsay, and we want you to join us while we creep. We cover mature topics. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, everyone. Today, we will be discussing one of our favorite topics, cryptids. Always. Always want to hear about cryptids. Forever. Forever. So in this episode, we will be talking about the Mugion or Mogion monster. I've seen it said two different ways. And the Dogman of Michigan. I love it. I'm excited. Which I hadn't heard of either of these. Have you? No, but I will tell you that I've started to lose track of the ones that I haven't heard of in my brain because we have an, uh, an ever-present list of episode topics to do. And I've, I don't know whether I see something on that list or whether I know it, know it. So until we like crack into the information. That's fair. We do have a long list. But if you do have an idea for an episode, feel free to send it and we will add it to our list. Also, you know what I'm dying for? I'm dying for a first-person cryptid story. Ooh, yeah. I would love some first-person cryptid stories for generally or for our Podiversary episode that's coming in October for our third Podiversary, which you can submit your story on our website. All the details are there. Please do. Yes, and please do. Please do. And before we get into our first cryptid today, Lindsay, I have to tell you about something that I just learned of this week. I'm ready. Okay. So someone reached out. They had started listening to our podcast in June. So a month ago. We're recording this end of July. Okay. And so I wanted to shout out Kelly because she caught up with all of our episodes. So that's like over 145 episodes. That's a lot of fucking episodes. And I appreciate her commitment. Right? I, I was so stoked. I that that feels like we've we've made it. We've peaked. We've peaked. This is this is it for us. Thank you, Kelly. We really, truly appreciate you listening. Yeah. Also, if you are binging us, we want to know. That is just top tier good day stuff. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, if you want to tell everyone and leave a review on Apple Podcasts or Facebook or wherever you find a place to review it, we would so appreciate that. We'll even send you a sticker. You can find out more information about that on our website, too, because we recently got like a very, very kind review that made me cry. And I was like, oh, like, good, good cry. Good cry. We've gotten a couple this last month where I'm just like, I'm so happy. And it makes me so happy to see that people are enjoying our hard work because this takes a lot. It takes a lot of time to do. It does. It does. I love researching. That's my favorite part. But there's also so much time in editing. <laughs> yes. Yes. So special thank you to Kelly and to those that have left reviews recently and forever, honestly. We love them so much. They make our day. And if you haven't already sent us your information, we want to send you guys stickers. Yeah. Yeah. So let's get into cryptids now. Apparently, Arizona has its own Bigfoot. And I was like the last person in the world to know. Actually, no, you're not the last person in the world to know because you found out before me. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. But I live here. So <laughs> I feel like that's really bad. Well, now you know what to be on the lookout for. <laughs> yes, yes. But that's the Mogion Monster. And it, it has such like a fancy name. I just, I never, even if I probably saw the name, I wouldn't have thought Bigfoot. No. So its location. It's said to be found in the dense forests along the Mogion Rim in eastern Arizona, which I haven't been there before. So maybe I'll, I'll blame that. Yeah. And <laughs> that stretches from northern Yavapai County to the border of New Mexico. So it's a pretty big distance. 
But there have been some sightings as far north as the Grand Canyon. So it travels, as does the Blair Witch. Always. Perhaps together. <laughs> oh my gosh, they're friends. They have to be. Who's her, who's her other friend? Oh my gosh. Is it Gryla? Is Gryla her other friend? No, it's Birch on a Perch. Birch on a Perch was, yeah, a Jersey Devil. Was her pet, right? And Jersey Devil. Jer- no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Let me see it right. Jersey Devil. Thank you. No, her pet is a Snallygaster. Oh, you're right. You're right. Oh my gosh. Okay. Okay. So like, just to reframe, the Blair Witch, a traveling being as she is, has visited the Jersey Devil, has has watched Amanda and I get wide in the Pine Barren Sugar Sand, <laughs> which is a lot like quicksand. We're going to pull so many references out. Are you ready? And then... I forgot about that. The Blair Witch's pet is the Snallygaster, which might just be a bird with an octopus in its mouth, but maybe it's not. And is best friends with the Muggyon monster from Arizona. Perfect. There we go. I mean, look, Amanda, I'm not saying that we have to pick our own, but if I'm in Maryland, I'm the Blair Witch. (laughs) No, you're not. You won't even go see her. (laughs) I've seen her. I've been there. I've been to Burkittsville. I've camped in those woods. You have not. Yes, I have. You were saying you wouldn't even go. Now. No, I camped in a treehouse camp there as a as a youth. Yeah, but do you have the Blair Witch symbol made out of, in my head, it's from Burkittsville Sticks in your home? No, because I am her. <laughs> Amanda's pissed. She's like, how fucking dare you? No, you're not. Don't do this. All I wanted last time was to go to Burkittsville and no one would take me to Burkittsville. I love that everything just comes back to the Blair Witch. Because I was there, I was here already. Oh my gosh. I was here already. I didn't need to go to Burkittsville because I was the Blair Witch. We'll talk about this later. <laughs> Perfect. Done and done. You know, when, like your mom's like, we'll talk about this when we get home. That is the same energy as what Amanda just said. <laughs> when we're not recording and no one can hear this. You know, you, when we say cryptids at the beginning, I want you to go, this is going to be a silly episode. There's, we're going to be silly. Oh, forever. Yeah. Yeah. How can you talk about cryptids and be super serious? You can't. You can't. It's actually illegal. Can you pass a law, please? Yeah, me. Sure. Done and done. Can you write it? Write the bill. Get it to who needs to talk about it. You know people, yeah? You have those connections. Oh, yeah, totally. I I will say I actually have written part of a law before that wasn't acted. Oh, which one? Oh, it's incredibly boring, and it's about online auctions for government things in Jacksonville, Florida. That's fun. It's not too exciting, but what I'm saying is that I've done it. I've done it once. Okay, well, I'm going to need you to do it for something really important, cryptids. (laughs) So let's talk about how the Mokion monster looks, or what he might look like. Just like most cryptids, the details do vary, but he's said to be humanoid, having long white hair, bipedal, ape-like, over seven feet tall, which is about, you know, one and a half 12-year-old boys. So you you could see that. Picture it. Perfect. Thank you. Yeah, I need to be able to. That's my favorite reference. You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> if you know, you know. And if you don't, go listen to Lake Lanier or any episode since because we won't stop. We'll never stop. Never. Mm-mm. Oh, we need to somehow incorporate jam cats into this. Figure it out. Oh, shit. Okay. Think it on the fly. Think it on the fly. Yeah. So he could be up to 15 feet tall, though. And he emits a strong, pungent body odor that is similar to a dead fish or rotting meat. Those are different smells. It is. It is. But remember, they vary. And if you haven't smelled one or the other, you may say, 
something different, perhaps. I don't know. Okay. So supposedly he has big feet. And when he walks, he leaves footprints that measure nearly two feet across. That's a big fucking foot. Yeah, big foot for reals. So some say that he has green eyes. Oh. And then another one that doesn't go along with the long white hair is that he has gray hair all over his body. This just sounds like a desert Yeti to me. Well, yeah, what else would it be? But you know what? It's in the forest. We do have forests in Arizona. I know I live in hell, but not all of Arizona is hell. Mm. Desert Yeti. Desert Yeti. No, I guess my point is that it's like it's interesting that it is like fair haired versus normally we hear about Yetis or big feet. That's the the plural Bigfoot, by the way, is big feet. About big feet being like dark haired or having like black hair or brown hair or like a darkish brownish reddish color. Yeah. Yeah. So it's interesting that it's white or gray. Yeah. Maybe it's old. Oh, I don't know why that makes me sad. I don't know. It made me sad too. I made a sad face. Like it's just an elderly Bigfoot. Oh my. He went to Arizona to retire because the air quality. that's so true oh Oh, man does he live in sun city is that that's the is that the old people place yes it's old people world yeah yeah you've been there you've driven through it perfect i know i know i'm very proud of my memory it's very far from there it's it's let's see hold on i think it's like two three hours away well he's got big feet he could travel fast (laughs) he runs okay so it's about two and a half hours away from here a little over yeah but i don't know how long how fast it takes maybe a two hour drive is very quick when you're just not on when you don't have to go the streets and you can go as the crow flies and you got big fucking feet but he's old so i i assume he's going a little slower look you can be old and fast i need a calculator online that will tell me how fast like what the distance traveling is for a bigfoot to get from one place to another right because you could put like <laughs> we don't do the math that you're taking a bus or a train or walking on google maps but like what if you're a cryptid someone make us an app please otherwise i'm just going to assume that it can travel as fast as i want it to that's fine you know what all right so on this app we need maps Determined by how fast a Bigfoot would go. Yeah. And then also measurements in 12-year-old boys. Only in 12-year-old boys. Like, nothing else. Yes. Actually, maybe we measure speed and how the average running speed of a 12-year-old boy. (laughs) I can't wait for mathematicians to adopt this. So many mathematicians that love us. Do you remember in the Antarctica episode when I did calculations on a 12-year-old boy wrong? And I, it was like, it would be like thousands of 12-year-old boys. And I was like, it's four of them <laughs> or something fucking insane. They are monsters. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about some other things to note with this creature. It is said to be nocturnal, omnivorous, territorial. And it likes to mimic the noises of surrounding wildlife so that it can blend in. Same. <laughs> if you talk to a cheesecake bird, you'd know. My laugh kind of sounds like a goose, so like it works. Now, this is completely opposite because it's it's the opposite of blending in. But some also believe that it gives off a blood curdling scream. Also same. 
and can be aggressive. (laughs) Some believe that it likes to explore campsites at night. So, you know, the way that I feel about camping, this is this makes sense. I feel like it's looking for snickety snacks. Well, yeah, but like, I don't want things going around campsites. I don't want to be at a campsite myself. So it's or I I don't know why this is where I went, but or a brush. Because I if you have long hair, you want to be able to brush it. And it's just looking for brushes that have been left out. And it has a collection. Yeah, its hair is like just got some knots. So let's talk about some sightings of the Mugion. The first sighting was near the Grand Canyon in 1903. I.W. Stevens told the Arizona Republic that he saw a, quote, humanoid creature with long white hair and a matted beard that reached to its knees. See what I fucking said? The hair is matted. It needs a brush. (laughs) It wasn't wearing any clothing and it had claws were kind of like talon-like on its fingers and they were at least two inches long. That's long. Let's see his nails done. I know that it's not, but I have a very Malibu Barbie like picture in my head that it's like that like purposeful white and it's got like an orange tan with like hot pink nails. No reason. Love it. So I.W. Stevens, though, said that the creature's face was seared and burned brown by the sun with fiery green eyes. So not a fake tan, but a real tan. Yeah. Some stories say that Stevens claimed that the creature ran towards him with a club in its hand, but then it got distracted by a mountain lion, as one does. As you do. Yeah. (laughs) Stevens shot the mountain lion and that scared the creature off. That's mean. And I just feel like, why would you shoot the thing that is distracting the massive creature that's coming at you? Fucking idiot. What did that mountain lion do? Nothing. Other than save your life, I.W.? Yeah. Yeah, that's why I didn't say his full name. He knew he'd be pissed. Anyway. Yeah, he doesn't even get it. So, when Stevens got to safety on his boat, he said he could see the creature as it went back to eat the mountain lion and possibly two of its cubs, which... Come on, man. You're going to eat lion cubs, you fucking monster? Literally. So some stories include that Stevens yelled at the monster as he watched it eat the mountain lion, and then it grabbed its club and ran after Stevens, and then it had this unearthly screech. I feel like if you have retreated from land onto a boat to get away from the monster, I am not going to believe you when you tell me that you yell at it. Yeah, like, why piss it off more? What's the point? No, you're you're fleeing, my man. You're going to tell me you turned around and were like, and another thing. Like, no, sir. So the next sighting was in the mid-1940s, and a cryptozoologist named Don Davis says that he saw the creature during a Boy Scout trip near Payson. So per Davis, when he saw it, he described it as being large and hairy, and he said that it had expressionless eyes and that its face was relatively square-shaped. Others who were with him also saw the creature. So then this next sighting, we don't know the date, but a woman described seeing the creature near Springerville. And again, she described it as being hairy and very tall, eight feet. But she said that it was black. Yeah. So I wonder if there's more. It's a young one. (laughs) Yes, it's a young one. That must be it. I need you to know. I need someone. Maybe it's you. Maybe it's me. Someone to draw a muggy on. And he's wearing a crop top that says Silver Fox. (laughs) The hair is pristine and he's holding a brush. (laughs) Holding a brush and I want his nails done. Nails done. And maybe there's also a pile of brushes next to him. Barbie pink. That are are not broken. From all the things that he's stolen. Yeah. 
I think that's fair. Yeah, perfect. It also has a live mountain lion with a collar that says Muggy's babe. You know what I mean? Like, it's clear that he kept those cubs as, as pets and did not eat them. I like that more. Yeah. That's what, sorry, we're rewriting this entire fucking thing. <laughs> sorry. So there are a few other stories that did not include dates. And one included the creature ransacking campsites. And what the people thought is that it was looking for food. False. It was a brush. Or in Lindsay's case, a hairbrush. It's also been known to attack ranchers and campers. For their brushes. So more reasons not to go camping for me. (laughs) On January 1st of 2015, the Arizona Department of Transportation posted a photo on their Facebook page with the caption, quote, we might have spotted a family of Sasquatches on SR-260 near Heber this afternoon. And the photo was from a highway patrol camera. And I guess it went viral because everyone had to go in with what they thought was in this photo. It's very grainy. It's hard to see. But it is funny. It looks like deer to me. Or bears. You guys have bears? I thought bears. But look at the one... Yeah, in that area, I think there are. But look at the one on the right side towards the top that looks like it's walking on two. I thought that perhaps that's a plant and actually not one of them. In my head, that's one of them. It could be one of them, but I'm saying like, that's another thing I would think about. You know, as we're talking about this, at first, I'm thinking like, before we looked at this photo, I was like, what if it was just like a family of people and they were like, we've, we spotted a bunch of Sasquatches and it's like just some family who's like sitting and having a picnic. And they're like, what the fuck, man? Well, off the highway. An an old man with long white hair trying to live his life and eat a sandwich with his grandbabies and their mountain lion baby with a pile of brushes, you know? And here comes fucking highway patrol. Well, I guess it did go viral and it has been shared here and there since then, which I thought was kind of funny that that was like their start of 2015, January 1st. They're like, here's some Sasquatches. Love it. Like it. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. Arizona can be okay sometimes. So this next part may or may not be the same creature, but there have been several sightings over the years by the four Apache Indian Reservation residents. And in some places, they call what they're seeing the Apache Bigfoot. Hmm. And so it could be the same or, you know, perhaps as it travels around, just depending on who's seeing it, they may think that it's a different creature. I don't know. But the White Mountain Apache Nation kept their sightings secret within tribal boundaries for a long time before sharing them publicly, which I thought was interesting. Mm -hmm. Tom Biscardi and his group from Searching for Bigfoot, Inc. has done some investigations in the area. And one woman who came forward, her name's Marjorie Grimes. She's a Whitewater resident. And she said that she's seen the creature twice. Once in 1982, and she didn't really elaborate on that one. But when she saw it again in 2004, she gave us a little more detail. So she was driving home from CBQ, which is another place in the area. And she described the creature as, quote, it was all black and it was tall. The way that it walked, it was taking big strides. I put on the brakes and raced back and looked between the trees where it was and it was gone. Another young one. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So her son and her neighbor have also seen the creature. And I guess in 2006, dozens of people called into the tribe's radio station, KNNB, to discuss their sightings. And some even came to the station so that they could tell their story of their sighting, which I thought was really interesting that this whole group of people are like, we've seen this thing for a long time. Let's all talk about it now. Yeah. 
So during an investigation in the White Mountains, footprints were found along with several tufts of hair. Tribal police made plaster casts from those prints, and they even sent the hair samples to the Department of Public Safety for analysis. Test results showed that the hair was not human, but belonged to an animal. And further tests to determine what kind of animal were never done. I do think what's interesting is oftentimes when Bigfoot hair, quote unquote, is found and tested, it's often bear or dog. And so I think it's interesting that they didn't have it done with further tests. And it makes me wonder if maybe it was and they were just like, it's a bear or a dog. We don't want to talk about it. (laughs) You know, maybe. There's also some books on the Muggy on Monster. Susan Farnsworth self-published The Muggy on Monster, Arizona's Bigfoot in 1996. And it includes a bunch of sightings and stories about the creature. Then in 2011, she published another book called More Muggy on Monster, Arizona Bigfoot. And I... You know, we're a big fan of adding more to just the title of a thing, a.k.a. ghosts, and then more ghosts. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I like it. You know, stick with it. No need to change. Just put more in the front and it, like, let people know what they're in for. Don't try to complicate it. Yeah. Well, next time you're here, maybe we can journey out that way and try to find this cryptid. Amanda's just trying to prove to me that there's more than deserts in Arizona and I'm not having it. (laughs) Those trees are cryptids to me in Arizona. (laughs) I refuse to believe anything else. There is. So let's leave Arizona completely, as everyone should, and go to Michigan. And so we're going to talk about their dog man. And it's actually found in northern Michigan. And it's described as being seven feet tall, half dog, half man. When we're talking about the halves here, we're not like it's not like a centaur with a human front and like a corgi body. It's <laughs> I want that though. A dog head and the torso of a man. Oh, I mean, like I I do much more prefer the idea of like a corgi body with like a human body on top, like a centaur version of it. Someone draw it. Do it. So let's get back to our our dog man. They've got blue or amber eyes. Which I love the idea of, like, I'm not going to say, like, orangey brown. I'm going to say amber. It makes it prettier. It does sound prettier. But, like, it's not sapphire or amber. It's blue or amber. Um, <laughs> and then when it howls, as many cryptids do, it has a screech. But this one's human sounding. Don't like that. Here's what I'm picturing. Again, I I know that what we're talking about is dog head, torso of a man, but in my head, corgi body with a man in the front with a scream queen scream. Okay. I like it. That should be our own cryptid. That's the true creeps cryptid. Ooh. If it's our cryptid, rather than it doing a scream, I would like the uh, a little girl's voice going, la, 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 or <laughs> music box music coming from its mouth. Is that not haunting? Just open. I want it to look up, though, when it opens its mouth. Oh, does it open all the way up like a sandworm from Beetlejuice? (laughs) Okay, perfect. Perfect. (laughs) This is honestly more terrifying than anything we've ever heard of before. Because it has to be not corgi-sized, but like human-sized, so that the corgi body is actually quite large. Yeah. (laughs) I love this. This is perfect. It does mean they would have a corgi butt as well. Then we'd have to watch it Which walk under my <laughs> at all times. <laughs> Hate to see you go, but love to watch you walk away. Yeah. <laughs> <little> bread loaf. <laughs> oh god. Well, Lindsay's dead now. Oh man. 
Mm, painting a picture. <laughs> I literally want you to paint this, though. <laughs> so let's talk about the legend of the Dogman. The Dogman appears to humans in a 10-year cycle that falls on years that end with seven. Is that bizarre? I kind of love it. Very specific. I do enjoy that. Yeah. It reminds me of Jeepers Creepers, though. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about the sightings. In 1887, ends with a seven. That was the first sighting. And I've seen a couple variations of the story, but ultimately a couple of lumberjacks saw the creature while they were working. They described seeing something with a man's body and a dog's head. Some of the variations say that the lumberjacks chased it, it ran away, and it hid inside a hollow log. One of them got a stick and poked at it, and it let out an unearthly scream and crawled out of the log, then stood upright. The men then ran away, and they never returned again. But the creature... Then, from that day forward, made an appearance every 10 years. That would have had to be a really big fucking hollowed out log to fit a seven foot creature. Also, maybe it's just a man in a dog mask. Maybe it is. We don't know. <gasps> a family. Generations. Generations of just silly gooses. I'm sure they, they'd love to be called a silly goose as they're rampaging around. Most of the early sightings are pretty similar. Many that encountered the creature are men that were working, and they were usually working on an isolated road or in the woods. And a lot of them came from logging camps, which makes sense because in the 1870s, Michigan was the leading white pine lumber producer in the nation. So in 1897, a farmer near Buckley was slumped over on his plow, and it was because he had had a heart attack. But there was something strange nearby. There were huge dog tracks all around the ground near the body. Interesting. Yeah. In 1907, a woman reported having weird dreams with dogs circling her house at night, and the dogs were unusual and walked like men and yelled like banshees. Look, I love the idea that you have a dream so fucking weird that it's like people are going to talk about it over a hundred <laughs> years later. You're like, I'm going to tell everybody who will listen about my weird fucking dream because it happened in a year that ended in seven. Yep. And in 1917... Allegedly, a sheriff found a wagon with dog prints all around it, but there was no driver found. In the area, there were four dead horses and their eyes were wide open. They called a veterinarian, but they couldn't figure out why the horses had died. Then, in 1937, because it skipped the 20s. It was busy in the 20s. Yeah, it's busy. It was a flapper in that era. It had to wear the dresses with the fringe, you know? Mm-hmm. So, in 1937, a man was fishing along the Muskegon River when he was attacked by a pack of wild dogs. Some stories say he was a boat captain with his crew. To scare them off, he fired his shotgun into the air, or in some variations, a man named Robert Fortney killed one of the dogs. Very different and specific, but all but one of the dogs ran off, and the one that stayed soon stood on its hind legs and glared at him. I don't like that, but... In 1957, a preacher found claw marks on an old church door that would have been too high for a regular dog, and they were at least seven feet high up into the air, which, huh, that freaks me out. But it also th- makes me think claw marks could also be a big bird. A big bird? Maybe the Snallygaster <laughs> came over. I thought you were going to say bear, and I'm like, okay, that makes sense. I mean, it could be a bear, but it, like seven feet tall. I don't know how tall a fucking bear is. Bears are tall. But, like, it could be a bear, but, like, why is a bear up there scratching around unless there's, like, I don't know. In my head, it's Pooh Bear, so he's getting, like, honey, like, from a fucking <laughs> hive. I don't know. I, I just thought of a bear doing, like, a cat, you know, like, 
on the side of things. I don't know why. Makes no sense. <laughs> oh, like just scratching its claws to sharpen them and such? No, I was thinking like a bird who perhaps was like falling and like skittered back up or perhaps it was like plucking a squirrel or something off the side of that building. Because like eagles are fucking big. Oh, maybe. Yeah, we have, yeah, big owls here. Yeah, so like a very large bird could definitely create some intense talon marks. That's true. That's true. Well, it didn't skip the 60s. Oh, and this one made me laugh. I was like, it's so cliche. A group of hippies reported a dog man scratching at their windows in the middle of the night and waking them up. I don't even know how to feel about that. I'd be really upset. <laughs> Let's go to the 70s. So 1977. People near Bel Air reported hearing screams at night, and some even saw the creature. This makes me really think of Jersey Devil, where they're like, anything that could even be remotely included, we're going to assume it's the dog man, you know? I mean, I like it, but... What I'm hearing, though, is people of Michigan, on years that end with sevens, you can call out dog man, and you'll <gasps> be fine. Oh my god, L- lucky them. Lucky them. School? Work? I can't come out. I saw a dog man. I can't come, I can't come to work, a dog man, slash my tires. I was screaming in the middle of the night. Yeah. I didn't get any sleep. The dog man was screaming all night, tapping on my windows. You're welcome. Rubbing his corgi butt <laughs> on my door. Perfect. Yep. Perfect. <laughs> done and done. So in the 80s, 1987, there was a song released. The year of my birth. Well, you should love this song then, because a song was released about the dog man legend on April Fool's Day. And it was by a Traverse City DJ named Steve Cook. And it was supposed to be a prank, obviously, April Fool's Day. But after it was released, people started calling into the radio station being like, oh, wait, no, that's real. I saw the dog man. This is what happened. Perfect. So (laughs) what he was trying to make fun of, they're like, no, 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 that's real. Also that same year, someone reported an attempted break-in to a cabin, and the cuts on the door were believed to have been made by sharp teeth or claws. I don't like that. Not a bear, not a giant bird but it was a dog man. Always. There's another one with an unknown date. So perhaps this was the 20s. But what happened was two fishermen were out near Manistee during sunset. And they saw an animal swimming towards them. They were in their boat. And they thought it was a coon hound for some reason, Mm -hmm. which is a large hound dog. When the animal got closer, they said that it was swimming more human-like than like doggy paddling. So that alarmed them. It was doing like a backstroke. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. And then when it got closer, they noticed that it had a dog head, but like a human body. So they got scared, grabbed their paddles and hit the creature until it retreated. I mean, it just wanted a break from being in the water. Yeah. Or maybe it was like the the snake from our snakes episode that's avenging its scorned lover. Maybe. Any contemporary versions of this, I'm like, person in a dog mask. It's a hard sell. And also, if I lived in this area... A dog mask, so easy to procure. You know, like, how do you not mess with people just a little bit in good-natured fun? Right. But anyway, let's talk about Joe Barger's encounter in 2017. So Joe was a truck driver when he had a run-in with a dog man, and he did an interview with What Lurks Beneath in 2022, and he said that he hadn't heard of the dog man before he had this encounter. So I always find it a little bit more credible. So Joe was transporting a large load of paper from a mill in northern Michigan through the Manistee National Forest in June of 2017. And this was a typical route for him. While he was driving, he noticed that he had an air leak and he wanted to fix it before he got deeper into the forest. 
So he stopped to have a look at what was going on and he found that the air leak was by the back brake chamber on the trailer and he had what he needed to fix it. So he went under the trailer to begin the fix. As he did, he just, he got a bad feeling and he started hearing something strange. According to Joe, he said, I was hearing a vocalization that wasn't natural. It wasn't a sound I had ever heard of before. He saw what he described as shadowing in the wood line and he thought it was a black bear. So he got back into his truck. Yeah, and he was like, there's bears in the area, so it would be typical to come across one. And so he was like, I'll just be safe. I've never heard a bear growl in real life, and I'm sure it would feel more ominous. Right, especially if you are out in the open, alone, under a trailer. (laughs) With a vehicle that might not be able to make a far distance. Yes, yes. So once he got back in the truck, he checked the air, and it seemed like it was good. So he's like, okay, I can start driving again. As he started to go up a hill, he was traveling about 25-ish miles per hour. He saw a wolf head the size of his window traveling alongside him. The way that he described it is he says he was stooping down on two legs, looking down into the cabin of the truck, which would have been pretty tall because it was like nine feet tall. Hmm. During the interview, he called it a werewolf-like creature. The creature's hands were coming up and scratching the windowsill. Joe described that it also had about three to three and a half inch long fangs, and they were, what he said, brilliant white. The creature also had black pointed ears, yellow eyes, at least 10 feet tall, and it was all black except for its eyes and teeth. So this one steals toothbrushes, not brush brushes. Yes, this one has perfect teeth. Yeah. It also had human-like hands that were about 14 inches across. But it also had claws, and those were about three inches long. It had a five-foot-long tail. And when he was describing its paws, I mean, he said they were human-like with its claws, but he did call them paws. And he said that they were as big as dinner plates, which is another odd point of measurement. They were dinner plate-sized. Oh, I've actually heard people say as big as a dinner plate as a term of measurement I've heard more than once, like when people measure things in football fields, like dinner plate size. Interesting. Well, now you've heard 12-year-old boys more. You're welcome. So this interview was like, I want to say it was like 30, 40 minutes long. So he was like adding more descriptors to this as he was talking. But he also said that it had human-like shoulders in a way with big biceps. Swole. Yeah, swole. So the experience was only about 15 to 20 seconds. Like it went by so fast. He said that he took out his 45 Colt and shot the creature twice. And because he's gone hunting before, he described it as a brain shot and said that it went down instantly. When he was describing his experience too, he kept saying it felt like an alternate reality because he's like, I don't know what I was looking at. Like, I don't know what was happening to me. That's not something that happens. And that creature doesn't exist. So like the whole time it's happening, I'm like, am I in an alternate reality? Because what is this? That's very fair. So Joe wanted to turn around just to confirm to himself what he had just experienced and to see the body, which I feel like is very fair because when you're driving a vehicle and kind of fighting off a creature that is unlike anything you've ever seen before, it seems natural that you would second guess what you had seen, especially if it was so strange. So he had to go a little bit further than he would have wanted to, to find enough room to turn his truck around. Because remember, he's not in just like a pickup truck. He's in like a, I'm hauling paper from a paper mill truck. When he got back, the creature was gone. And he said it was at most five minutes after the shooting. And then 
To make things even weirder, there was a jeep with two people who stopped where the creature would have been. And they said that they were there because they had just seen two bears fighting, which makes him believe that there may have been more than one dogman in the area. And he didn't want to sound crazy, so he didn't tell those people in the Jeep what he had just witnessed. But as a six-year army veteran, Joe says that this was worse than any combat, because in combat, at least you knew what you were up against. He had PTSD from the encounter, and he had nightmares for a while. He decided to go public with the story and spoke with a cryptid podcaster about a year later. And then three months after, he was detained by state police to wait for federal authorities at what he called a scale house. When federal authorities came, they were intimidating and angry and said that he had killed one of their assets, which he believed to be the creature. They wanted him to stop talking about it. They confiscated his gun and shut his bank account off. They also took his phone and then they gave it back. And Joe is worried that because of their threats, that maybe they'll try to use his own gun against him somehow, like in a framing situation. Like, didn't we not take a fucking turn? Oh, that weird, right? We did, right? I didn't expect it. I don't think we really expected when we started researching Dogman to be like, oh, there's like a weird conspiracy with this thing too. Yeah. Well, especially like after this happened, people saw two large figures come out and do something in the middle of the road. Like perhaps those were two other either creatures or humans in whatever type of gear that came out to retrieve the body. Right. Exactly. And the way that he spoke was very passionate. Like he was like, this happened to me. I have no reason to make this up. I didn't even know the dog man existed. And he he did look scared. Yeah. So he stopped talking about the encounter for a while because of this whole ordeal. But now he thinks that he just needs to get the information out there to as many people as possible. Because he believes that had he had known that like this creature exists, it would have made it easier for him to get through what he had to experience. So if someone's like, oh, that can be found in this forest, it wouldn't have been like, what is happening to me? He would have known what to call it. And he would have known what was happening to him, which like that does make sense. Yeah. Now, moving away from Joe's experience, this one I thought was, it's not funny, but it's just, I can't imagine how this call went. There are some stories that say that someone called their OnStar service in their car to report that the dog man ran in front of their car and caused it to flip over. That fucking sucks. Because I don't think insurance covers cryptids. I doubt it. I want that line in insurance added, though. Ugh. Perfect. Before I sign with your insurance company, will you cover me from cryptids? Is that included? If not, add it to my policy, please. And then I want the like list, you know, i.e. Snallygaster, Dogman, like all of them just listed. Oh, <laughs> including but not limited to the following. And then in small fine print at the bottom, does not cover Blair Witch incidents or something random. Oh, we don't cover the Blair Witch incidents? She travels a lot and she's a natural occurrence now. <laughs> no, no, does not cover motor vehicle thefts related to Blair Witch's travel plans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like close my eyes and put my head down like I'm ashamed at how particular this is, but also incredibly proud. <laughs> yes, I love this. I love this much. But I was just thinking like, these people called their OnStar and said this. And I just, 
I want to hear that conversation. You know, the person just, again, at work, doing their thing, they answer the phone, and they're like, what happened to you? It was either the worst night or, or like, made their fucking life, you know? And there's no in-between. Yeah, right, right. So in 2009, there was a film called The Gable Film that was released. And it was supposedly a film that was shot in 8mm, and allegedly it was found in an attic, and it was purchased at an estate sale. And many believed that this film was proof that the dog man was real. Oh. I was watching it and I was like, uh, this looks kind of, this is Blair Witchy to me. You know, like, yeah, the movie, not the real Blair Witch. Come on. Obviously. <laughs> Obviously. But it ended up being a hoax. So some people still are like, nope, that's real. They're just trying to cover it up. So make your own opinion about that. Interesting. Interesting. So what do you think, Lindsay? Should Michigan be cautious in a couple years in 2027? Look, I'm excited for in 2028 for us, like our first episode of the year. It's a dog man recap. What happened in Michigan in 2027? Amanda, do we need to go there in 2027? (laughs) We can. We know people in Michigan. The way my eyes lit up just now, the excitement that I we've got plenty of time to plan that travel. (laughs) I don't know Northern Michigan, though. We'll need to, yeah, we'll need to travel and find Dogman in 2027. We'll go camping. We'll bring extra toothbrushes for them. Amanda's face was like an absolute no. I am not a good camper. I'm not a good camper at all. I don't like being dirty. Amanda, I don't like leaving my enclosure generally. So like, I <laughs> I need a shower. I mean, fair, fair. If we have a working shower, I'm game. Who camps with a working shower if you don't have like an RV or a camper? So I want to know whether people believe or have seen the dog man or the muggy on. But I think more importantly, I want to know what we should name our half man, half corgi beast. Oh, yes, please. We'll put a poll up. We'll send a sticker to the best name that we have determined. Yeah, we do have some other little things, too, that we've been collecting. We'll send you a little something. At the very least, a sticker. Perhaps something more. Yep. And so send us your names for our cryptid. Send us your creepy stories. And if you've run into any of these cryptids or any cryptids we've discussed before, we want to know for our listener episode coming up, head to our website. Or any cryptids we haven't discussed. Any cryptid at all. Anything creepy. Anything you run into. Is it not a cryptid? Is it just... Do you have a creepy neighbor? I don't know. Something. Yeah. (laughs) They don't even have to be your neighbor. We want to know. Yeah. Have you experienced a creepy person ever? That's what we're going to get. But you can send us your story and type it up, or you can send us your beautiful voice and we will put it in our episode coming Mm -hmm, up. mm -hmm. And we'll even edit for you. So if you misspeak, we'll fix it just like we fix ourselves. We will. We misspeak a lot. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All the time. Oh, you know, it would be fun with people's permission. You know, how we have like our outro of like, us kind of like messing up or like going on a tangent, we could have other people's tangents related to their stories. I think that would be a cute addition. Yeah, I love that. Your tangent could be on true creeps. Your tangents can be our tangent. <laughs> How many times can we say the word tangents? That's a lot. So many. I think I was just editing an episode where we said it like 300,000 times. Yeah. Well, with that, have a great weekend. Thanks for creeping with us. Thanks for listening. And as always, a special thank you to our patrons who support us via Patreon. Please see the link in our show notes to learn more about how you, yes, you, can begin to haunt the dump 
guard vortexes, or even become a scorching Sasquatch. Also in our show notes, you can find the link to our website, more information on our sources, our social media handles, and our merch store. We'd love for you to keep creeping with us. So if you like this episode, please subscribe, rate, review, and share the show with your fellow creeps and or ghosts. I beg of you. (laughs) Oh, man. This is going to be a terrible edit. (laughs) This is going to be fun. The Shih Tzu? Is it a Corgi? A Dachshund? Are we talking German Shepherd? My niece has like a toy horse that's like um, massive. And I came over one day when my sister-in-law was putting her to sleep and I looked at its hair and I was like, this is a job for me. This is a job for me. Because like Ashley has two kids. What, she going to sit there and comb out a horse's hair? So I was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to, I like took a fork and I like sat and very methodically like cleaned out the knots in this horse's hair and gave it like a beautiful braid. Okay, Ariel. Well, yeah, I was like, well, I was trying to think, like, what brush am I going to use? I'm not going to just go into Ashley's bathroom and take a brush. I wasn't going to go back to my house. You're slowly trying to move from sea witch to mermaid again. You're just like, please see this, Livy. Please see. I'm just trying. I'm doing what I can here. Yeah. See, like, this was this was before she was like, you're the sea witch. But so I, like, combed out this thing's hair with a fork because I was like, this is the only thing I think won't break because it's like, you know, it's like synthetic hair. But then I gave it like beautiful, like a beautiful updo with like, Oh, she had like a little like gem necklace, like, you know, like a little princess dress up gem necklace. And I put it like, I wove it into like the braids of it. And I was like, Ashley, will you send me a video of Livy seeing this? And she was like, she came down the next morning and was like, oh, you did this. And Ashley was like, no, that was oh. aunt Lindsay. And she was like, why? She was like, she did it for you. And she was like, for me? (laughs) (laughs) She's the best. So many, so many tangents. Will they stay? Will they go at the end? Who could say? What? Yeah. That's where the treasure is. The Blair Witch. The Blair Witch. And it hid inside a hollow log. Fox and the Hound style. One of the lumberjacks. (laughs) Don't talk of that movie. I can't. Why were movies in our childhood so fucking sad? Right? Why couldn't we have things like Bluey? Yes. Bluey is a fucking delight. Instead, we're like, yeah, no, we had Fox and the Hound. Do you want animals or your parents to die? Mm-hmm. Pick one, maybe both. Yeah. A strong, pungent body order. <laughs> also, I said cryptozoologist right in the first fucking time, and I'm very proud of myself because sometimes words in my mouth just don't work. I was thinking, like, if this was my spot, how long this would have taken? <laughs> You're like, and that's for Lindsay to say. <laughs> no, I, I didn't. It just was a happy accident that this happened, and I love it for me. Yeah. Accident. Wink. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so the first is one is by one is by Susan. Susan. One is by Susan Farnsworth, a self who, and it's self-published, and it's called The Muggion Monster, Arizona's Book Fit. So Susan Farnsworth, That's fine. a self-published author, wrote The Mung... What? What? I love that she's just ashamed now. She's just looking down and shaking her head. Yeah, just, I mean, like, <laughs> so often when I, like, just completely jumble words in my mouth, I'm like, there's no reason. My mouth just sometimes doesn't work. Years ago, Mike's friend was doing a dating profile and we're like can we please make your profile picture 
a centaur. And we, we have a friend actually who, who designed our logo for us. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Jake. Who was like, absolutely, I will. <laughs> yes. Thank you, Jake. And so what he did is he took his body and put it on a pony's end. So it was like, think of, um, we were saying little Sebastian from Parks and Rec. Perfect. And so it was like a centaur on a pony. I love that. And for some reason, he wouldn't use it. Ridiculous. If there's a large dog outside, I'm bringing it inside. And that's how Amanda had a dog man for a pet. I mean, you wouldn't? No. It'd be fine. Cryptids don't want to be domesticated. As you're saying that the last one was going to have hairbrushes and painted nails with a pet dog or a pet. He's not my pet. Mountain lion. He's not my pet. He's out in the world living his life. That's domesticated. No, domesticated is like, I brought them into my house and made them have my way of living. Versus that one is just out in the world wanting to have hair free of tangles. And it's learned, you know, oh my gosh, I would love another animal companion. You know that we change our lives to be the lives of our pets. You and I. Dude, who were you telling? <laughs> who were you telling? That's what I'm saying. You and I. These fucking animals, man. I love my pets, but they're... would be like, how do you want to live? Let's change it. They, they they rule me. Yeah. Let's change our way of living to make you happy. Anyways. <laughs> I mean, gladly, though. Anyway, sorry. I'm just trailing off now. What a time. Take me out. <laughs> Hate to see you go, but love to watch you walk away. <laughs>